The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. Thanks a lot for being here. That interview with Ron Johnson last hour is a must-listen or a must-watch. You can actually see him if you if you watch it. We will post the interviews as we have every night, just like we do the podcast every night, on my website, JoePags.com. Go there and check out the podcast. Go there and check out the interviews. Uh, there will be links also on Rumble, directly on Rumble. If you're not subscribed to me on Rumble, do so. Go to Rumble.com or download the Rumble app. Look up Joe Pags. You can either put one word or both words, uh, and it's P-A-G-S. Some people, for some reason, put two Gs. And uh, check out all the interviews that we do there as well. And make sure you go and um, and listen to that that parody from yesterday or watch the parody from yesterday, uh, Woke People. A lot of good reaction to that one as well. All right, there is a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, bottom of this hour is going to be Dave Coleman. There's a story out of Plainwell, Michigan, which is, I believe, just west of Kalamazoo. If you're listening in Kalamazoo, I used to be a TV news anchor in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If you're listening in Battle Creek, not far from you either. We've got great stations in both markets. Uh, this story will will probably be one that you're used to or that you've known about from the local news, if they're covering it. But basically, a student has been told, you cannot talk about your religion or have a discussion about religion in school or you'll get in trouble. Now, I don't, I don't know if, you, if you, you guys knew this, but we've got religious freedom in this country, so that's patently unconstitutional. They're doing it anyway. We'll get into that at the bottom of the hour. And news on BLM. Where's the money, the $60 million dollars? that the organization Black Lives Matter allegedly has. Where is that right now on a Friday? Ah, freedom. Uh-huh. Say what? Bring it out. That's K. Smythe in for Carrie. That is Polo. That is Sam. That is me. Glad to have you along for the ride. As I said, a lot going on. Monday through Thursday, I decide exclusively what we're going to talk about. On Friday, it is open to your suggestions as well. If I know something about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we will move on, and I'll thank you very much. You've been looking to mix it up with the host. Let's go, man. Today's the day. It's 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Don't be Bobby Keyboard Badass. Don't be that person. Call in. I'd love to mix it up. People often will write me and say, you, you don't like hearing anybody who has a different opinion than you. You've got to say your opinion or else you're banned. No, you guys don't know how to act. I'm be honest with you. You're a bunch of children. When those call, those of you who are online and act immature on there, you're immature when you call the show too. Call in. I'll let you say your piece without saying anything unless you call me a name or something stupid. And then when it's time for me to, to give a retort or a response, let me. And then we can have a back and forth. But if you don't, I'm going to click into gear and let you have it. And I do, I, dro- I like dropping the hammer on people too if they're being stupid. Um, but again, uh, those who disagree with me aren't necessarily stupid. Those of you who do it in a disagreeable way, those are the ones that I have the most fun with. So call in. Come on, man. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. As I said, K-Smythe, go to K-Smythe.com, K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E.com. Go check her out. Writes for a bunch of publications you probably read. You've got a story about BLM that um, it's basically, where's the money? F- fill me in. This comes from the Washington Examiner. BLM's millions unaccounted for after leaders quietly jump ship. No one appears to have been in charge of Black Lives Matter for months. The address, as it lists on tax forms, is wrong, and the charity's two board members won't say who controls its 60 million bankroll. 
A Washington Examiner investigation has found BLM's shocking lack of tra- transparency surrounding its finances and operations raises major legal and ethical red flags, multiple charity experts have told the outlet. Like a giant ghost ship full of tre- treasure drifting in the night with no captain, no discernible crew and no clear direction, Charity Watch Executive Director Lori Siren said of BLM. BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors appointed two activists to serve as the group's senior directors following her resignation in May amid scrutiny over her personal finances. But both quietly announced in September that they never took the jobs due to disagreements with BLM. They told the Washington Examiner they don't know who now leads the nation's most influential social justice organization. Paul Kamina, counsel for the conservative watchdog group the National League and Policy Center, said a full audit and investigation of BLM's Global News Foundation, or sorry, Network Foundation, the legal entity that represents the national BLM, BLM movement, is warranted. This is grossly irregular and improper for a nonprofit with $60 million in its coffers, Kamina said. BLM previously came under fire from local black activists after the New York Post reported in April that Colors, then its executive director, had spent $3.2 million on real estate across the United States. The reports followed BLM's disclosure in February 2021 that it closed out 2020 with $16 million in bank accounts. I got to stop BLM. you there. because Again, these people are nuts. Okay, thank you. Okay, so uh, how much did she spend? Three or $4 million in real estate? Yes, it was three point two million, and I believe half of them were compounds in Topanga, California. There you go. All right, so um, you've got an organization that alleges to be trying to bring equality, social justice, stop police from killing the poor innocent black people. When in reality, they avoid where most black people are dying in this country, like the plague. They avoid it like the plague, and it turns out through what I believe was blackmail or extortion, well, I guess, let me light my opinion up a little bit. Through undue leverage, Black Lives Matter was able to raise a ton of money, $60 million. Patrice Cullors could not explain how as a Marxist who wanted to disrupt the Western nuclear family and who wanted to defund the police and disarm the police, she couldn't explain why she was buying a $1.4 million mansion in, I believe, it was Toluca Lake, may have been Topanga, as Kay would know better, I'm not from there. But she's out buying these mansions, and she's out spending this money like a, like a capitalist that I'm sure she really is, while claiming to be a Marxist, while claiming to be um, a socialist, while claiming to want equity or equality, and now there's $60 million that we just can't seem to put our finger on where it happens to be. So if I'm listening to the story correctly, the two people that the founders of BLM, who both, I believe, had to leave the organization, the people they put in charge of handling this have given a false address or made a mistake and gave the wrong address. And they're also now saying, in retrospect, we never took the job because we didn't trust them. Where's the 60 million? Kay, let me ask you a simple question. Where's the $60 million? I think it's uh, disappeared down into some pockets. Maybe that would be that would be my hypothesis. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know how you're buying three and a half million dollars worth, worth of mansions or real estate while you're out there being a social activist. You know, it's interesting. And then let's take this to other people. You know, George Soros is a multi-billionaire. Allegedly, he's somebody out for social justice. 
Barack Obama proudly said, I'm a community organizer. He's extremely rich right now. Homes in Martha's Vineyard, another $6 to $8 million home in Washington, D.C. area. Here's a guy who is just low dead. These people who are out here pretending to be for the little guy are getting high in the hog. They're getting rich. I mean, they're getting book advances to the tune of millions of dollars, and they keep on lying to those they pretend to support or sponsor. When I see Black Lives Matter led by Patrice Cullors marching down the street in Chicago or Philadelphia or Detroit where young black men are dying every day, innocent young black families are being shattered every day by, by gang violence, by crime, and by a lack of police coverage because police have been attacked. When I see them out there actually trying to get some sort of balance socially in those areas, I'll listen to them. And it always brings me back to this example that that I'll never forget from Barack Obama. I bet if you looked on YouTube, you could find it. If they find it, they'll delete it. But I'll never forget. And I think he was the president by now. He was at a game. And it might have been the Chicago White Sox versus the Chicago Cubs. Might have been this interleague play where the baseball started doing that. It might not have been. It certainly was the White Sox playing. So Obama shows up in the press box where the two guys are announcing it. You got the play-by-play guy. In every sports game, you generally speak, you have a play-by-play person and a color person. The color commentator adds color, uh, adds, you know, extras to, like uh, the play-by-play guy says, and uh, LeBron James has the ball, passes off to the right to this other guy, and then he goes to the number and then a dunk. But, uh, the color guy say, yeah, LeBron James, before the game tonight, you spent some time with his son, and they were uh, doing the shoot-around, just adding some extra flavor to the broadcast. That's what the color commentator does. Those of you who listen locally in the San Antonio area, the color commentator for years for the Spurs has been uh, Sean Elliott. He does a great job doing that. And I honestly don't know if he's still doing it because I, I haven't watched or listened in a long time. But having said that, they also welcome the sitting president of the United States, Barack Obama, happened to be at the game. So he comes into the press box and the announcers are talking to him. Hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And, and you know, your hometown Chicago, which is not his hometown, Barack Obama was not born in Chicago. Obama would have us believe he was born in Hawaii. And he was actually raised by his white grandparents in Hawaii for most of his youth. So that would be his upbringing. But he, for some reason, claimed that Chicago was his hometown. and still claims that. It's not. But those in the press box who are working the game ask the most innocent question. And I'll never forget the lack of answer they got from Obama. They said, oh, are you a Chicago White Sox or Chicago, uh, Chicago Cubs fan? And he said, oh, I'm a Southsider, which meant he's a White Sox fan. Yep, loved the White Sox growing up. And all they asked him was, it was a simple question. Who are some of your favorite players? He had nothing. Could not name one favorite player. Now, is that bad? Are you a bad person if you can't name a player from the Chicago White Sox from the 60s and 70s when you're growing up? No, but don't claim that was your team. Don't claim you were a Southsider, you're a big fan. I can name you, I believe, the entire roster of the 1977 Yankees because I was a huge Yankees fan. Just was. So Obama not being able to answer that question told me one thing. Not that he's a bad guy, but certainly that he's a liar. He wanted the people of Chicago to think Chicago was his hometown because that's how he became a state senator. And the state senator who was the incumbent still, uh, for years and years, complained that it was stolen from her. And then he wanted to be the, 
the senator from Illinois, which he became, the U.S. senator from Illinois. He had to pretend he was a native son. He wasn't. My point is, people who pretend they're out for the little guy, who are gathering, they're organizing communities, or who are saying we're out for social justice, are liars. Barack Obama is a very rich man who at one point was the most powerful person on the planet, still might be. He might be pulling the strings right now on, on Biden. Patrice Cullors and whoever her partner was opening up Black Lives Matter was never, ever about social justice. It was never, ever about stopping crime in black neighborhoods or even police you know, activities against black people in crime-ridden neighborhoods. It was always about the one case that could get them notoriety, traction, and give them the leverage they needed to get money from big corporations, either through white guilt or through the idea of, of social justice or, or whatever. Think about it. Why are they there? And I believe that the early starts of, of Black Lives Matter was either Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin. Why were they there? It's one case in one city at one time when you've got every weekend 40 to 60 shootings in Chicago and multiple deaths, dozens of deaths, almost all of them black in Chicago. They're never there. Because it's not really about that. It's about highlighting the one big story that might have a racial component, might have a different neighborhood component, and certainly will get them the leverage they want. It's the same thing with Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton's a rich guy, and he's a bad guy. He's a former informant. He's a bad guy. He's an anti-Semite. But somehow he has power as Reverend Al Sharpton because he picks and chooses when he's going to show up and feign outrage. That's what happened here with BLM as well. And one wonders if only the Joe Pegg show and Kay Smythe will talk about BLM and the missing 60 million. One wonders if CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, will they talk about it? Will the Daily Beast talk about it? Will the Daily Cost talk about it? Will Media Matters talk about it? Or is that not important that that organization just can't really account for 60 million as the founders live high in the hog as people continue to die in Philly and Chicago every weekend? Food for thought. Your thoughts on this. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Do you think the political climate and atmosphere that we have in this country right now will do anything about this story, which should be an important one? Let me know when we come back. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot for being here. Free Speech Friday, the Joe Pag Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Dave Coleman at the bottom of the hour. Another nutty story, uh, this time out of Michigan, where a, a I guess a teacher, a school, decided to, to tell a student you can't talk about your religious beliefs to anybody in school. And that's just not the case. Of course you can. Moms, dads, make sure you tell your kids, whatever their religion happens to be, they're allowed to talk about it in school. They can't be disruptive about it, but they can talk about it. They're allowed to say grace before they eat at school. They can say a prayer before taking a a test if they want. There is no law against that happening. Period. Anybody who thinks there is is stupid. Stupid!
and probably should not be teaching anybody anything, to be honest with you. We go to the phone lines, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Uh, let me go to Jeff, who is in, um, actually, it's going to be Tim, who's in California. Tim, what's going on? Hi. Hey, good evening, Joe. Yeah, hey. Oak Hills, California, the high desert. Um, well, very nice screener uh, to set this up. Simple question that I have been able to figure out, and I've, I've searched for it. With the de- uh, Democrats technically holding 49 Senate seats, Republicans 50 because of Bernie Sanders being an independent, why does Chuck Schumer, Schumer get to be the Senate Majority Leader? Because, Bern- by the way, the screener is my daughter, so I'm glad you like her. Um, oh, she's, she's wonderful. She's thank delightful. you. Appreciate that. Um, because Bernie really is a Democrat. He may be listed as, a, as an independent, but he's a Democrat. He caucuses with them, and they get to claim as independents who they caucus with. If they say I caucus with the Democrats, that's a number for the Democrats. And now we've got a 50-50 split. And as you know, the president of the Senate is Kamala Harris. She's the deciding vote. Therefore, he gets the gavel. Now, having said that, I think you open up a really interesting political can of worms. Why not fight that? Why not go after cinema or, or mansion and don't make them claim that they're Republican, just have them claim to be independent and that they sometimes will caucus with the Republicans. I think there could be a fight exactly. if you had somebody stronger than Mitch McConnell. I think the problem is Mitch McConnell. He's weak. He's extremely weak. He could talk a good game all he wants on the floor, but he ceded that, that power early on. And you're right. Had he been the Senate majority leader, you could have stopped all of this garbage that's going through right now. I think they gave it up way too easily. Gotcha. So, in other words, with Bernie Sanders being a registered independent, it still matters who he caucuses with. Right. It, it, registered... He always votes with the Democrats, and, and they do literally yeah, ask right. who they caucus. I don't think there's been an independent who, who claimed to caucus with the Republicans um, in my lifetime. I don't think there has been. Anytime there's an independent, like, like Jeffries was an independent not very long ago, that guy also caucused with the Democrats. So he was a, a reliable Democrat vote, and that gave the Democrats the power. I don't know if they go back and they, and they see the percentage of who they voted with, but I think they actually claim who they caucus with. Gotcha. Joe Lieberman would be a similar situation then, too, huh? Well, Lieberman yeah. was definitely a Democrat, although people were talking about how McCain should consider Lieberman to be his running mate, which did show he had a much more... The reason why Lieberman was seen as, a, as, a, as an independent, he really was a Democrat, was because he was so pro-Israel that it made him more like a Republican on that side. Uh-huh. Okay, great. So I got the Bernie Sanders clear because it just kind of nodded at me. 49 Democrats, technically 50 Republicans. Right. Hey, uh, Schumer, you don't get it. But I, with the caucus thing, that explains it. I appreciate it. All right, brother. I appreciate you, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for the kind words about Sam. Um, let me go to Jeff. Jeff, literally less than a minute, but it's all yours. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Joe? I just wanted to respond real quick on the BLM thing. Come on. Yes, we all know that it's a grift. We all know that it was, uh, that, that it was not a real organization and... and, and but I think it's a lot worse than that. I think it was actually a predatory organization playing on the emotions of black people uh, to get them angry enough to encourage them to get into situations that they can capitalize on and profit from, uh, rather than giving a real solution, such as hiring constitutional lawyers to be on standby and help people out if they ever believe that their constitutional rights are violated, uh, and teaching them how to be calm and, and not reactionary when they're confronted with police or situations that they think are inappropriate. I got to leave it there. I mean, you're right. That's what they should have been. They weren't. They pretended they were, but they weren't. And that's why it turned out the way that it did. And no, I'm not surprised that they were, we're now playing the game. Where's the money? Keep it here. We've got Dave Coleman coming up. This is the Joe Pegg Show.
Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have Dave Coleman on. He, of course, the Great Lakes Justice Center, uh, greatlakesjc.org. Uh, he's the lead counsel there, and he pulled off the side of the road for us because I called you sort of frantically, Dave, and I said, hey, we've got to talk about this story that seems to be making a lot of news today. First of all, thanks for doing it on short notice, and how are you? Doing great. It's always fun to be with you, Joe. Appreciate right. it. Well, well you, we've got a story about religious freedom. Now, when we kicked the Bible out of school in the late 50s, early 60s, um, that was to say you can't teach the Holy Bible because that somehow was government proselytizing. That somehow was government trying to establish religion, which the First Amendment says. It also says you're, you're, you know, you're free to worship as you see fit, which is, I think, more what this story is about. But there in a town in Michigan, a public school system decided, or a public school decided to tell students they couldn't recognize or um, utilize their religion while in school, which, of course, is untrue. Uh, g- give me a better outline than that, if you don't mind. Set the stage for the story, then we'll get into what's going on with it. Sure, Joe. Our client is a junior at Plainwell High School, just west of Kalamazoo, and he's a football player. He plays in the band. He has great grades, never been in trouble in his life. And he was involved in a couple of instances of private conversations with other students. One occurred at the school in the hallway. It was just between him and another student. Another was off campus at his home on his private phone on text messaging and talking about different issues and his Christian belief and faith and uh, talking about that with another student. The other students, there was no uproar. There was no you know, disruption, anything like that. And uh, the, the school has told him he can't do that. He can't. Uh, talk to other kids about his faith in the hallway or at school at lunchtime, any other time. He can't even go on social media on his own time, on his on his own social media posts and say anything about religious beliefs or comments. And they're banning him from doing it. There were a couple other issues. He was a band leader. He's in the band. And they said he didn't act quickly enough to stop other students from using off-color jokes or remarks. What? He did stop them. But he didn't do it fast enough for them. So he wasn't the police, I guess. He didn't do it enough for them. And so they they suspended him for three days, Joe. And, and, right. and he's got this black mark on his record now. And he's never been in trouble in his life. He's got colleges going after him. He's got, he, he's got colleges, football programs, Division One, looking at him as a junior. And now he has this on his record, and it's going to follow him. So we filed this lawsuit asking for a declaratory ruling from the court that they violated the Constitution and his constitutional rights, and then to clean up his record, to stop this, uh, take this off of his uh, disciplinary action, off of his school record. So that's what we're asking for, Joe, and we filed the suit yesterday. And I, I honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen a more egregious violation of First Amendment's free speech rights and free exercise rights in my career. This is really beyond the pale. Well, I appreciate you outlining this. Dave Coleman, go to greatlakesjc.org is the organization. Um, For me, it it doesn't make any sense. It's actually probably, as you said, one of the most egregious cases of trying to tell somebody they have no right to worship. Uh, If my kids want to go to school and say grace before they eat school lunch, they can. If my kids want to, in class, say, you know, oh, thank Jesus, I got an A on the, on the test, they can say that. If they want to, I mean, 
for goodness sakes, off campus on a text message or on social media, the school has no right whatsoever. They're not representing the school. They're not proselytizing in the name of the school. They're not trying to force a religion, you know, in the name of the school. They have every right to do all of that. This is legitimately stupid, especially for a place that's supposed to be teaching um, students how to how to critically think. Uh, about civics, about the Constitution, about our laws in this land, and about our freedom and liberty. So, why do you think it's happening? I mean, normally there's some sort of a greasy, uh, you know, uh, 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 some sort of a greasy wheel that has to be that has to be taken care of here. Did somebody who's not a Christian complain? Did somebody who uh, who is an atheist say, "Hey, how dare you? This goes against our our religious freedom," you know, in school? W- what's the impetus here? Because it didn't just come out of the blue. Right. I, I think there was a couple things. One, I think one student did overhear our client and another student talking in the hallway just between themselves and somehow got offended by it. Uh, but secondly, there was an issue at the homecoming uh, football game this past fall and uh, some bad reaction from the crowd regarding the homecoming king and queen and stuff like that. And it, it got into LGBT rights and all that sort of thing. Our our client had nothing to do with that. He right. did not participate in it. He made no comments. He didn't do anything. But they seemed to be blaming him for this. And all he was doing was he's in his football uniform at halftime playing his horn. Wow. You know, the band. And, and they go after him. You know, I, I think this shows, Joe, a real problem just in our, our whole society right now with this censorship cancel culture. That's what's going on. They're trying to stop people before anything even happens. It's called the heckler's veto when you're talking about free speech cases. And they don't have the right to stop you like that. There's no disruption. There were no riots at the school. Nobody, you know, uh, had any problems like that. So, you know, I, I mean, honestly, are we raising a generation of kids that are so spineless that just hearing somebody talking about their Christian faith sets them off? And it's, means- it's stunning. Dave, yeah, Dave, I've got to jump in here because there one 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 of two things are happening here. It's Dave Coleman, um, the senior legal counsel over at the Great Lakes Justice Center, uh, GreatLakesJC.org. Go there. They do incredible work, and they've been supporting people in their free and their free speech and free worship rights for a long time. Uh, Also, when it comes to the COVID vaccines and everything else, and we'll get into that next time. But one of two things is happening here: either a those who are saying that this student uh, did something wrong don't understand the laws of this land, or B, they understand the laws of the land, they disagree with the laws of the land, so they're going to they're gonna try to promote the law the way they think it should be in the country. Which one do you think is happening? You know, that's a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that. And as we get into this case, we're going to find out, because this has to stop. And that's another reason we brought the case, is we're asking for an injunction going forward to stop this school from enforcing these types of silly and unconstitutional policies. And if we can get a ruling here in Michigan, that can go across the country and a lot of other schools also. So we're prepared to take this up the the, the chain, you know, Supreme Court as far as we have to go. But I think this is such a clear cut violation. I, I expect the courts at every level to support our client in this case. He did nothing wrong. He's allowed to speak politely, and in a respectful tone, yeah. and say what he believes. I mean, this is just outrageous, Joe. It really is. Dave, the founders, and it's Dave Coleman, uh, Great Lakes Justice Center, the founders of this country put in the First Amendment to make sure, because in England, you had to be Anglican. In England, they forced you via the government, you have to be this religion. If you're not, you're in trouble. You might be thrown in jail, maybe worse. 
Here, we said, we're not going to go for that. We're going to have any religion you want to be. Uh, of course, we're a Judeo-Christian-founded country. Every founder was either a deist or a Christian. Um, they all believed in God. There was no removal of God. In fact, the, the House of Representatives put out the first Bibles in, in the United States of America. That's how tightly knit we were with faith in this country. When the founders put in the uh, uh, Congress shall make no law in regard to the establishment of religion, they meant that. They meant there will be no bill signed into law that forces religion on anybody. And then we always forget what comes after the comma or, you know, some sort of a, 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 a some law that would stop the right to to freely exercise that religion. Again, we're, we're, we are we are interpreting it the wrong way or we're not reading it the way it's written. So I'll ask you very directly as a lawyer, as the lead counsel in this case. Two kids walking down the hall talking about Jesus or Allah or your rabbi. Is that against the law? Absolutely not. And we would defend students if they were Muslim, Jewish, or atheist. All students have the right to talk about these issues, do it politely and respectfully, and that's all that happened here. And, you know, you bring up a really good point there, Joe. The British system, England, Canada, you're seeing that right now with these comments from the the prime minister there, Trudeau. Where he's coming out about the truckers who are, you know, protesting the vaccine there, right? And he's saying, well, they have views that are unacceptable, and so they're they're against, you know, our country, and they're going after them. Well, the reason they're able to do that in Canada is there's no First Amendment. You know, we have a First Amendment to protect our rights, and people got to remember, Joe, rights do not come from government. The First Amendment and these constitutional uh, protections are in place to stop the government from infringing on our natural, inherent, God-given rights. Yes, our, our rights our rights come from God. And the yep. Constitution, if yep. you read it, every single amendment says what the government can't do to you, what the government can't restrict from you. It is literally a, a, a piece of paper that tells government, uh-uh, can't, can't be infringed, uh-uh. Can't make that law. Uh-uh. Can't take away that ability to to have the, the press go and cover what's going on in this country. So uh, we, we seem to forget that. For some reason, during Obama specifically, he made it clear that the, that the Constitution was something that government gave you a bunch of fun stuff and could take it away anytime they wanted. That's not the case. So, I mean, this, this to me will have a clear conclusion, Dave. Um, without a doubt, any judge who's worth his or her weight in dirt would see this case and laugh it out of court. To me, it seems frivolous. Will this kid's uh, um, trans, uh, transcriptions all be restored? Will any of these bad marks on his record or her record? I guess it's his record. Uh, will any of, the, any of those remain? Will this person get you know his good reputation back? I mean, this seems these seem simple to me, but in 2022 America, especially in Whitmer's, Michigan, I never know. You're absolutely right, and that's why we brought the lawsuit. It is, I think about it. This kid was suspended for three days because he said he's a Christian and believes in mainstream Christian belief on different topics that's that they sick. were talking about. That's sick. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it really is. I, I've got time, 30 seconds for one question off the beaten path. Do you think, Dave, as a, as a lawyer and a great lawyer that I look up to, that the president of the United States can make the announcement that I'm going to choose a, a Supreme Court justice based on race and, and gender? Is that legal under our, our laws and, I don't know, the Civil Rights Act of 1964? Is that legal where I can literally say, I'm going to hire somebody for the Joe Pag show, but it's going to be a white Christian heterosexual man? Can I do that? Well, not none of us can do that, Joe. I mean, that's clear violations of Title VII, you know, the federal laws. And in Michigan, we have an Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. Most states have a Civil Rights Act. That's a clear violation. 
And I feel bad, frankly, for whoever he nominates because now they're tainted. It's as if they will not be judged by their talent. They will not be judged. Oh, that's a black woman. Yeah, this person could be very talented and very qualified. But now everybody's going to question it. It's going to be tainted. It's really too bad. It's sad. Is is it a potential violation of the 14th Amendment that we are all supposed to have equal justice under the law, due process under the law? Isn't this literally saying, uh, I'm going to put somebody on there based on race and gender, and anybody who's qualified who wanted the job can apply? Only if you've got the right skin tone, ancestry, and genetics. Yeah, I, I think about put anybody else's uh, religion or race or sex or whatever. Although I don't know, can you say there are only two sexes anymore, Joe? I'm not sure. I, I can, can. Say that. Dave. I can. Yes, I can. I can say that. <laughs> but you know, put substitute it for anybody else. Imagine Donald Trump saying that. You know, they would have crucified him. Well, he'd be impeached again. It's unbelievable. David is. I I love your knowledge. I appreciate that you stopped on on, on the way to go and and have an appointment with some friends and uh, and fill us in on this. This is a a very important story well beyond. Uh, Is it Plainfield, Plainwell? Where where is this? Plainwell. Plainwell School District, Allegan County, Michigan, just west of Kalamazoo. Where they used to watch me on Channel 3 WWMT. Um, In Plainwell, it's very important, obviously. In Michigan, it's important. But this, this has really broad... Um, attraction from anybody who loves their religion, loves their right to worship as they say fit, and wants the government out of their business. You tell my kid he or she can't have a discussion about religion? Oh, no. You've gone a step too far. Dave, thanks a million. Let's stay in contact on this, and, and let's see how it goes as we go, okay? Always. Great to be with you, Joe. Thanks. Appreciate you, brother. Safe travels. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. Thanks a lot for for taking the time. Do me a favor, stop by Rumble. Actually, better yet, it's easier. Just go to JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Click on my parody from yesterday, Woke People. Go and check that parody out. Click on it, play it. I I, want to get the the views up there. I, I want everybody to see this. It's just sort of the times we're in. And I think making fun of Woke People and cancel culture is our our way to to find some therapy in all of this. It's a catharsis, some would say. So go and check that out. It's JoePags.com, and you'll see, I believe it's on the right-hand side. You'll see the Pags parody, Woke People, on the right-hand side. Go there and check it out. Let me tell you in the meantime about Stamps.com. Stamps.com, a great organization, a great website to help you out if you're running a small business. You can have a home office, an office office. You can be at the library as long as they have a printer. Uh, Stamps.com is going to help you to avoid the post office, avoid the, uh, the UPS office as well, and save, saving you time. When you don't have to wait in line at the post office, you're saving time and money. When you don't have to wait in line at UPS, you're saving time and money. Plus, with Stamps.com, for more than 20 years, they've been an indispensable partner for over a million businesses, saving them money like up to 40% off of USPS rates and 76% off of UPS. So go and check them out right now. You're up and running in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it at Stamps.com. Stamps.com, go there, use my promo code PAGS, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, 
Free postage, a digital scale, no long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com right now. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Enter my name, Pags, P-A-G-S. Start saving time. Start saving money with Stamps.com. All right, uh, I want to get this one out there. Uh, uh, you got to like Kid Rock. Kid Rock does not, Bob, I think his name is Bob, is his real name. But Kid, Kid Rock does not play around. He's made a decision about what he will and won't do. Okay, I've got about a minute. If you don't mind, uh, relay the story about what Kid Rock has said he will not do um, as he goes on tour. This is from The Blaze Media. Kid Rock says upcoming tour won't include any stops where there are COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Kid Rock will embark on a tour later this year, but he says that he will not be playing at any venues where there are COVID-19 vaccine mandates. In a video, the musician said, we've done all of our research on this, noting that the consensus says that all this is going to be done. If there are any, they're going to be gone by the time we get to your city. If they're not, trust me, you'll be getting your money back because I won't be showing up either. Kid Rock, whose real name is Robert James Ritchie, indicated that he won't be performing songs like Don't Tell Me How to Live um, and We the People as people are holding vaccine cards and sporting masks. That ain't happening, he declared. (laughs) Yeah, there was a bleep there. I got to stop you there. That's great because he's right. I mean, think about it for a second. Just think about it. He's out there performing, you know, We the People and all these freedom songs, and he's telling people you're not free, you can't make your own health decisions, you, you, you have to follow some government Gestapo mandate. I just love that he's doing it. Now, I know that he's tight with Ted Nugent. I've been tight with Ted for over 20 years, but I don't think, uh, and they call him Bob, it's funny. I don't think that that kid is doing uh, any anything like this right now, but if we can get him on. We'll try to get him on, certainly. I would love to have the guy on just to talk about it. But we might have to definitely, we'd have, I think we'd have to tape record it because there might be a bleep or two. I'm not going to tell him not to, not to say the words that he feels comfortable with. Uh, 888-941-PAGS. Actually, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Go to the website, JoePags.com. Now we do some pop culture. Yep. Dirty pop. Love to have Kid Rock on. We'll see what happens. Follow what's going on. All right, so Joe Exotic or Kanye West? In what sense? I'm oh, what story? Yeah. You got to go the Tiger King. Come on. Okay, so uh, Joe Exotic uh, was resentenced for his murder for hire conviction, and uh, his, his uh, sentencing got reduced by one year. So instead so of the 22 years that, that, that they had given him, <laughs> he, it's down to 21. Is he still mad at Trump for not pardoning him? He really uh, thought that was going to happen. It, it doesn't say, but but Carol Baskin was in attendance, and she was claiming that she's still fearful for her life because of uh, him. She's sketch. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. I think I she's agree. sketch. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Kay in for Carrie. I'm Joe. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on the weekend tomorrow, noon Eastern time. Until then, have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Thank <laughs> you.